0: Ready? Corum Populo.
1: Legum Serve sumus ud libere se possimus. Vedetes quantum scalas contra rem publica. Hello and welcome to That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. We're on a little bit of a horror movie streak here, and I'm all right with that let's see if we can keep it going we had a uh, well i guess well i guess not that much of a streak because it was grace unplugged last week was the visitor which i guess wasn't really a horror never mind i guess we're not on a horror movie streak at all because the visitor was barely a horror movie this is a horror movie though Soul to keep from 2019 and my guest this episode back again sebastian moreno how are you sir Having a spooky time. Yeah, it's very spooky. It's very... <laughs> um. This is one of the thousands of movies like this—a low-budget horror movie that you're gonna find on Amazon. You're gonna find on Tubi.
0: Um, if this from the '90s. It would have been in Blockbuster too.
1: Don't for 2019.
0: Well, you know, if it was made that earlier.
1: Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. But there's tons of movies like this. We've done some on the show. I'm sure we'll do more on the show. Um, and I can tell you how much
0: it cribs from. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, here's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start things off by saying I, kind of, liked this movie. <laughs> it's not. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that it's a good movie. But there are things I liked very much about it. It does. There are problems. It is obviously very low budget. Yeah, Some of the performances not great. Some of the performances pretty good. Um, I mean, there were things I liked about it. I'll, I'll admit. I'll get into a
0: few of them soon. Just you know. Yeah. But it just—it's one of those films where I just see um, elements where, it, where I feel like, okay, I can see where I got this from. Where. This one, this one, this one, just, like, um, most of it reminded me of Night of the Demons.
1: Yeah, there's Night of the Demons in there, definitely Evil Dead. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, yeah, it's an
0: atypical plot, but it just seemed very, very specific.
1: Like, even right down to how possession starts. Like, yeah. But they do some... God, though, there's some interesting things going on in here, and we'll get to them. Um, nobody in this of sort of name, obviously, being so low-budget. Um, yeah. But uh, right off the top, and this is the one of the big things I liked about the movie, I want to give props to whoever made this, the writers and directors, everybody, the cast involved. Um, two directors, two. mind you. Two. Sure. One which, of uh, the, uh, or kind of, the kind of the main actress, really, and the final girl, in a way, um, is hearing impaired or, or deaf. I don't, I guess maybe I haven't kept, on, kept up on what the proper I think that now, is the
0: right word, but I think, uh, but uh, admittedly, that she is one of the things I do like about it, which you know, I thought that was, eh, that was that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think you know, I don't normally see you know um, mute deaf girls as like the final heroine of horror movies. So you know that's that's very neat. You know.
1: Well, or in movies at all. You're usually going to have somebody who's not hearing impaired or who's not deaf. Yeah. Portraying a deaf person, obviously the A Quiet Place had the little girl who's actually deaf. Yeah. That's the closest it's, thing I could sort of draw a comparison to. But what's cool about this is, as soon as they showed this deaf girl, first thing I did was look it up to see, okay, is she actually deaf? Yeah, she is. Kudos, great. Okay, good, good. That's you know, props to casting there. You know, I mean, not great that she's deaf, but great that they, you know, um, at least somebody who understands sign language. Well, yes, speaks it. Number two, as soon as they showed her, I was like, oh no, here we go. This is going to be the stereotypical, she's going to be a constant damsel in distress because there's constantly going to be something coming at her or something happening behind her and she won't be able to hear it. And it doesn't do that. There's really only one scene where there's a kind of a fight going on in the other room that she can't hear. But otherwise, I mean, that's at least
0: understandable there. At least that's understandable in that moment where, you know, she was... You know, she can't hear and was too enthralled with uh
1: looking at that spell work. Yeah, but she's never I assumed okay, she's gonna be in constant danger. You know, it's gonna be a whole cliched thing and they didn't She at least stood on she at least really, you know, was she was standing on her own ground, you know, fighting. Which is kind of what the whole I guess it's different with because like hush the mike flanagan film that's that's what that whole movie is but it's the whole movie like it's the conceit of the whole yeah. movie rather than yeah. one of the characters or whatever so that's a little yeah. different but the other big thing about this is and not all of the, the actors performances are great but props to all of them because everyone in this cast with the exception of the douchebag jock guy either <laughs> was candle. either hired because they already knew sign language or learned sign language specifically for this. Because every this group of friends, most times in these kind of movies, the group of friends, I look at them, and I go, "Why are these people even friends? They can't stand each other." I don't want to hang out with these people. This group, other than their over-the-top drug use, sometimes, um, oh boy, is a pretty good group of people. And they have all learned sign language so that they can communicate with their friend, Tara. Other than Brandon, the jock, who's kind of coming in from outside the friend group. No one's ever going, what did she say? What did she say? Tell me how to sign. Like, everyone knows sign language. Anytime she's in the room, even if they're not talking to her, just so that she can be a part of everyone else's conversation, they are signing all of the time.
0: I can see it there. I can see it there. That, that That is, you know, a good touch.
1: And so I'll forgive some of the dodgy acting because the actors had to not only learn their lines, but they had to learn how to sign it too. Like all of the dialogue in the film, there's one scene where two girls are talking separate away from her, so they don't bother with the sign language then. But any time she is in the room, sometimes even when her back is turned, they're yeah, so yeah. used to we do this for our friend and it was really kind of touching like it actually made me it really endeared me to this group of friends and group of actors a lot
0: yeah i'll I'll give i'll give it that that's you know they were committed to you know doing sign language and you know so you know at least you know credit where credit is due
1: yeah, because that I'm sure that was a lot of extra work on everyone's part, but they did it. They did it for a good reason, and they did it right. And I appreciate that a lot. And it definitely upped my ranking of this movie quite a bit, just for that alone. Because I've never seen that before in a movie. I've never seen an entire cast come together like that, other than the Quiet Place. But that was like two other people. Up there, two. Not even like accommodate this character and this actress, but like I don't know, like they were just really, really there for her, and I appreciated it a lot. Um, I do yeah, That's that's reasonable. So. so let's get into the the movie itself. It starts yeah. with a Shakespeare quote, which is, is usually that, a, a bad sign. Is,
0: is that a real quote anyway? Like,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know what it's from. I'm a little drusty on my shakespeare since college but um i don't know if they said what play it was from or not but yeah something about love is the only devil i think they just found a shakespeare they wanted to look intellectually <laughs> on top of things so they the whole shakespeare quote will do it so they found one that mentions the devil trying to pull a
0: warrior then that uh, edgar Allan
1: poe quotes yeah, but that actually applies to that film. This one? Well, yes. Well, not. yes. Well, maybe it kind of does once we learn everyone's motivations and stuff. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a genius move. But I just know anytime I'm watching a movie, especially when I know I'm about to watch a very low-budget horror movie and you're busting out Shakespeare quotes, I'm immediately put on edge because you are shooting higher than maybe you should like be. Like trying too hard. Like trying right. too hard. <clears throat> so the first scene... There's two girls hiding in a closet. And outside of the closet, we hear a man being attacked and unearthly sort of growling and roars. Um, And that's it. And then we cut away from that. So one assumes that was either some sort of flashback that we will come back to or a flash forward, which is what it is, that we'll come back to. I don't feel like it was... I guess they wanted to start the movie off kind of with a bang instead of people driving in a car. But
0: I guess they just wanted to uh, basically just write off the bat show that this is going to be scary, spooky, whatnot, you know, just,
1: you know, just to get
0: things going.
1: Yeah. And I can't fault them for that, I guess, but I just, it's, it's such a small scene in the actual movie. It's not like there's a prolonged scene of them hiding in the closet. Like it's, it's twenty seconds of the movie, and you front-loaded it with that. So, yeah, I guess I can see it both ways. Then um, we have this opening credit sequence with these drawings. I have a few <laughs> questions, which are that. hilarious.
0: I have questions. So many questions. <laughs> One: Why is this implying the devil had something to do with John Wilkes Booth, Hitler, and the atomic bomb?
1: Well, I think a better question is if. Beelzebub, which is who this is, who we're dealing with in this movie, one of the seven princes of hell, he was, according to these drawings, was there at the crucifixion. He was there for Hitler. He was hilariously there for Lincoln's assassination. The cartoon drawing of Lincoln being shot in the back of the head (laughs) is so (laughs) funny. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's so out of place. Like, like, and that's... the Salem witch trials, and Hiroshima, and World War II,
0: and why would they imply Beelzebub had something to do with the rise of Nazis? Really,
1: really? Come well, on, let's say he's evil and he's been leading mankind astray. Forever. I mean, like, but my issue, I mean, is like, there's... If that's the case, and he's done all of these monumental things. Why is he? fucking around with seven teenagers or college students at a cabin in the woods <laughs> like don't you have better things to maybe, do
0: maybe maybe he's like ryuk in death Note, where he just did it because he's bored. like i did all this evil stuff um um fuck it i'll go fuck with teenagers
1: well, i mean i guess the assumption is that is that he hasn't i, I would think if you're a prince of hell you have access to earth whenever you want clearly he did all this historical stuff but he's been locked away or whatever and hasn't been able to come to Earth or something. Because when he gets free to possess teenagers, well, we'll get to that. Because there's another thing I really, really liked, um, but we'll get to that. Um, and it also shows there's sort of like anatomical drawings of what how the possession works in this movie to sort of put that idea in our head so they don't have to explain it later. It says something okay. about human hosts and it shows these bugs and then it shows like the black tongue thing going from one body to another. Very Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> or The Hidden, which is kind of the movie that Jason Goes to Hell ripped off.
0: I think it's The Hidden. Um, Let's just call it both ways. Or just toss in the the Demons influence there. You know, since that team, at, uh, mouth-to-mouth contact seems to be a uh, Thing with demonic possession in low budget horror films.
1: Yeah. So credit sequences. Oh, it's still. But I can't get over how funny that Lincoln assassination drawing is.
0: Like that's Mm -hmm. I. I call that pushing it. I call that pushing it. Just you know, or at least, or at least the Hitler thing would be
1: pushing it. Yeah, Hitler's drawing pretty funny too. Um, So at this point in the movie, we've had the Shakespeare quote. An out of context flash forward, and now this kind of hilarious animated credits savings. So at this point, I'm like, "Oh boy!"
0: Well, it's uh,
1: buckle in because this is not looking great. But I mean, course. it's uh, credit to it; it's uh, it's certainly not boring. You know, no, it's not dull. It, it, it improves from here, luckily, rather than falling off a cliff like <laughs> I was expecting. Um, so now we're in a car, a lot of people driving. You have Josh, you have his girlfriend, Tara, who is the deaf girl, who's played by, the actress's name is Sandra Mae Frank. Um, I can tell you, I I I don't know any of these actors, so, you know. No, I'm looking it up, it looked like she was in another movie by these same filmmakers, and that's, I mean, little stuff here and there, but yeah, you've never seen any of these people before, probably.
0: I guess Uh, they must uh, like working with her. Or she likes working with them.
1: I don't know. Who they also mention at this point, I think it's, a, it's either here or coming up, But they, and it's going to be very important. They mention that um, Tara, the deaf girl, has a photographic memory.
0: Oh, yeah, they, they
1: brought that up. Um, then there's also... And another cool thing they do is when she's signing, they put subtitles on the screen for us. Her friends, obviously, all the, you know, but not, not everyone watching knows sign language, obviously, or sadly, whichever. Um, so they put subtitles up for what she's signing, which is cool. Um, also in the car is Aaron, who is Josh's twin sister, and Freddie, who's kind of the stoner vlogger. Annoying, friend. Like he's the one person in the group. I'm like, why are they friends with him? <laughs> yeah, him. I hated the most, and he looks like Mark Zuckerberg too. A bit. He does a bit, but he reminds me. Like he reminds me of uh, from uh, what's his name? I can't remember the actual name. Franz const That can't be it. From a uh, Cabin in the Woods. His stoner character. The very shaggy. Shaggy um, okay, and Scooby type hair like that, only really annoying.
0: <laughs> Instead of and a bit and a bit douchey too. Don't forgets.
1: Yeah, a little bit. So yeah, so and so and as of this scene, I'm immediately worried about how they're going to handle this girl's deafness, and they immediately step up to the plate and turn around my opinion, where I'm immediately like, yeah. "Oh, hold on, they might be." handling this in a, in a good way.
0: Um, I'm inclined to agree, you know.
1: It's just, it's still, it's very, very cool that all of these characters learned. Because I guess we don't know how long they've all been. We know that Grace and Aaron have been friends since they were little kids. It sounds like they've all been friends For since a while. grade school, because they've all been to Pop-Pop's farm before.
0: I just accept it as that, that they just been friends for a long while, and then, you know, they just eventually learned how to do the sign language. But that's my interpretation of it, at least.
1: I just think that's really cool. I think that's really cool. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so they arrive at, yes, Pop Pop's form. It's Josh and Aaron's grandfather, who's passed away, gave the... Land in the farm to Josh and Aaron's parents. I guess they haven't really decided what to do with it yet. It's sitting there empty. So the the I don't know if, I don't know if they're college students they're probably just out of college, early twenties. I just assumed college anyway. Have come to a party there. They're going to take the weekend there. Friend get together, <clears throat> which we. It never goes well. <laughs> Even on oh, this podcast, we've we had other episodes with the same sort of starting premise, and it didn't end well for a number of people.
0: Um, I was going to say this for later, but these people have never seen a horror film before. Apparently,
1: no, they have though, because Freddie keeps referencing things like he's very pop culturally, not in an annoying way, but he mentions the X Men at one point. He mentions, um. Blair Witch, he mentions, he references, he throws some references out. So maybe well, not the entire is. group, but he, the vlogger guy, is definitely.
0: The Freddy zone.
1: Yeah, Give the me Freddy, Freddy zone. Game. Give me a break. Um, so they arrive at the house, they meet up with the other car of their friends, which is Grace, who's like the token goth girl who, yeah, and she's going out with someone. I don't know if they're just now meeting him for the first time or maybe they've met him before, but they don't really know him very well, Brandon, who is very much not her type, very much not any of their types. He's very much the sort of muscly, meat-headed jock who's brought That's his barbells to work to- out with over the weekend. You kind of give me douchebag vibes, too, there, so... And so everybody's kind of like, "What? Hey, why is she with him? Why did she bring him here?" But that's a good question. Why? But they're also, but they're like, "Hey, man, you know, I guess he's part of the group now. Like, we gotta, <laughs> we're not gonna bust this guy's balls too much, just because we, you know, it's Grace's decision, and Grace is our friend, so that's, well, more land than to the slaughter then. Yeah, and then there's also." kimberly and um toby who is a dj and roving pharmacist <laughs> because he has a bag full of uh weed and pills and mushrooms and the whole oh, shebang God. basically well at one point considering and it's an important pop, plot point at one point he apparently carries around Needles and a spoon, too, so I don't know if he's also carrying heroin. I'm assuming he's carrying heroin around as well. Or meth yeah. or something that you would have to... That's the impression I get from him anyway. Which is... That's not great. <laughs> that yeah. that went from like, oh, we're having a fun drug weekend, to, ooh, dude. <laughs> like, and maybe it's just that's... But that could be his personal stash, yeah. you know? I don't think that he was sharing heroin with everybody, but...
0: Well, but if they were, they would have been all... Well, you'd even be more fucked without the devil stuff.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, it's it's Aaron and Josh's grandpa's old farmhouse. He... They assume drowned. They, his body was never found. But he just disappeared. So they assumed that he had gone down to the lake and slipped in and drowned and his body's at the bottom of the lake or something. Um, not too many more questions <laughs> asked about it. But...
0: I guess okay. so. You know, just he's old, and I
1: don't know, just cropped one day. So they kind of set, but they never found the yeah. They never found the body. So they're kind of set it. They set up that early, which will pay off slightly later. Yeah, but it, and yeah. it's already putting in your in your head of like, okay, is this place haunted? Grandpa's ghost or something? You know, or what yeah. really happened to Grandpa? Which will be important yeah. later. Oh yeah. So they're walking around. They're Walking around in the farmhouse, there's a conversation about why the base, the door to the basement is locked, so that you can't go down in the basement, and it's explained that when Erin was eight years old, she got locked in there, like she got up in the middle of the night and went down to the basement for some reason, The basement is generous, this is like a large cellar, because like the walls are like stone, and it's like a dirt well maybe it's a cement floor in parts and dirt and others but it's not like a furnished basement it's very much like a cellar
0: um and that's the first thing from evil that they ripped off
1: a little bit um but yeah when erin was eight she got locked in there overnight and like obviously freaked out um and so since then they've kept it locked so that I guess children won't wander down there. Not that there's been children there, small children there in a number of years, but um, they kind of get into partying right away. They're playing some drinking game that I do not understand. I don't know if this is a real game or if they made it up for this movie, but it's called Thumper. And they're patting themselves on the legs and you have to do something at the right time or not do something. And if you mess it up, you have to drink. I don't... It didn't make any, a lick of sense to me. Uh,
0: I assume this was made up.
1: You know? I, I thought so. I've never seen anything like it, so I assume so too, but maybe it's a new thing. My my hard party and drinking days are a, a decade behind me, so maybe it's a new thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, so they're all drinking. It's nothing too crazy. Kimberly goes to the kitchen to get more beer and starts hearing whispering children and children's toys and spooky shit like that. And here's where, as I've mentioned a number of times on this podcast, I always have subtitles on when I watch things. Not because I have a problem hearing, but just because because you might have uh, missed it. Right. But sometimes it gives things away. For instance, the subtitle, when you hear the children's voices, says, Young Aaron," colon, and then whatever she's whispering. So it, the subtitle's are sort of spoiling something. The, the voices she's hearing is Aaron when she was a little girl. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which doesn't, I mean, it doesn't affect it too much, but it's an interesting, I don't know, I mean, maybe when you're doing subtitles, don't put that. I don't know. Just say children's voices or something. Like I don't know why you have to put.
0: Or just a little girl's voice, you know, could have yeah. just said that.
1: Anyway, I brought that on myself with some titles, so I can't fault them for that. I guess um, Kimberly, we should mention, is the is is a woman of color, which is it's basically the token black girl. Yeah, but she never feels that way, the way that it does a lot of times. I mean, i you could say token in the fact that like, oh we have to have one in the movie, whatever. But like, she never feels especially like.
0: Doesn't feel stereotypical.
1: Yeah, she's not like this. This is our crazy black friend. Watch her do a dance. Like you know, it's nothing stupid like that. Like she's just one of the gang. Yeah. Um, Which she's yeah, kind I of understand. the smartest and mellowest one out of the group. Yeah. Uh, she gives film like, for that too. Honestly, she likes meditating in the woods, and she's like, she's the one person in this group who's like, I'm not fucking. You white people do what you want. I'm not fucking around with demon books. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, you know, that, that, that she's, also reminds me of man. the demons because that's
0: the exact same thing happened there, too. You know, with Roger.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so Kimberly follows these voices down the hall and sees there's a kid with her back turned to her and the kid turns around and it's like a scary face with black stuff dripping out of her eyes. Um, Not a terrible effect, but something you've seen in 80 other yeah. movies like this. So at this point, I'm still like, all right, here we go. This is still kind of stereotypical and cliched. Um, yeah. But then she's, but then like that, yeah, she's back in the kitchen as if nothing happened. So you're like, okay, so did she imagine it or it, did that even happen? I don't,
0: <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm just the as lost there.
1: So and somebody brought dance party lights. Well, I suppose Toby, the DJ, did. He brought his whole setup because he's he's spinning, spinning tunes, yeah. and he's got like the colorful disco lights going. So they're having a real legit like dance party in this old which format.
0: again just the brought me, It brought Night of the Demons again to mind. I know, I know. I keep saying this, but it just. A lot of it just does because I've seen these similar elements, you know, which makes you think they're fans of the film or something. Maybe? Or maybe they just haven't seen it and this is just a coincidence.
1: Well, that's that's very possible that it could be wearing its um influences on its sleeve. Yeah. Or it yeah. also could just be that because there are eighty thousand movies like With this on this budget of this caliber, you know, that nothing's original anymore. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, fair. Um, fair, fair. Who, who knows? I have to think of, they've at the very least seen Evil Dead, so they know that they're cribbing from that. Well, well yeah, because who hasn't seen Evil Dead anyway? Um, at another cool moment, they have brought a balloon, they have blown up a balloon so that Tara can... Feel the vibrations of the music that she can't hear. So while everyone's dancing, they can hear the music. She can still dance because she's holding this balloon, and the vibration from like the subwoofer and just the sound in the room is making the. She can feel the vibrations in the balloon, and so it's something. It's giving her some sort of sense of rhythm. That's, that's a cool nice touch. To I've that. never seen anything like that before. That, that's a nice touch. I never thought of it.
0: I never thought of it that way, actually.
1: So, I'm taking a break from, I guess, the dance party is wound down because Toby is out in the car with Kim. Well, before they even leave the house, Kim comes up to talk to them. Kim and Toby kiss, and they have a conversation. Next time we see them, they're out in the car, sort of making out, nothing too crazy, um, and they have a conversation about, like, why didn't we do this years ago? Like, why would we, Why are we just now hooking up? So, they they're not... A couple officially but like they've just now they they're now dating basically yeah they've had feelings for each other that are only just now being acted upon um and it's nice and it's sweet yeah um grace and Aaron go to pee outside i don't know if that's some sort of tradition or if the bathroom in the farmhouse doesn't work they have a bathroom because we see uh, Aaron, I in, I don't doubt this
0: was just for the sake of a crude joke, like a crude chick joke, pee joke, whatever.
1: You know. Yeah, maybe. I just
0: like it. Just seems like you know. I don't know. Like <laughs> the type of fat boy humor, just with girls instead of guys.
1: Yeah, kind of. And I suppose I maybe, and maybe girls do that. I don't know. I don't follow girls around when they go to the bathroom, but I mean, we know the old cliche: of girls going to the bathroom together but I just don't know if, if legitimately the bathroom in the farmhouse does not work of, like the water's turned off or never did say. or if it's just that like, fuck it. We want to go pee outside because we're at the farm. I don't know, but they're doing that. Um, and then they go to explore sort of, there's like a decrepit like, a of tumbling down barn off to the side of the yard from the farmhouse. Um, And they have a conversation about Aaron. A very sexually tense. There's a lot of sexual tension in the air, which will pay off later. But for now, you're just kind of like, interesting. Um, Grace and Aaron are having a conversation about why why are you with Brandon? Aaron's asking Grace, like, he is not your kind of guy. Like, I don't understand. Like, good for you. And Grace explains that, like, I don't know. He just he likes me, and I like him, and he treats me well. And like, I know I know he's not my usual type, but he, you know, she has a good explanation for why she's, you know, it started as a one night stand, and then it kind of turned into a. I think she's a hundred and two night stand or something like that, you know. So she has her reasons. It's you know, so they've they've been together for a little while, but Aaron just doesn't get it. And there's a very... They're kind of stroking each other's hair, and they're very close, facially. Um,
0: this has me thinking they were originally supposed to be gay. Or whatever reason.
1: Well, it's gonna turn out... I mean, spoiler alert, to jump ahead, it's going to turn out that everything that happens in this movie happens because Aaron is madly in love with Grace and has been since they were kids. So, looking back on it, this scene the sexual tension in this scene makes a lot of sense. I mean, my assumption is it was never acted on before, but like you're sitting there going, are they about to kiss? (laughs) They don't, but it feels like there's a kiss coming. So there's a lot of pheromones in the air in this barn. Um, It's also during this scene that Grace describes herself as a dark, because Aaron says, oh, it's, you know, you're our Wiccan girl. And, Grace corrects her and says Dark Wiccan, which, let me tell you, as someone who was Wiccan many, many years ago for a time, is not a thing. Dark Wiccan is some Hollywood-made-up bullshit.
0: I figured that, really.
1: (laughs) No self-respecting Wiccan would call himself a Dark Wiccan. It's ludicrous. (laughs) Oh, no. It's Uh... a little silly. But, (laughs) anyway... Um, so now we're back in the house. Erin's hearing whispers now. She's seeing shadows moving. There's a crucifix rattling on the wall. Um, and she's just about to go maybe open that basement door, because that seems to be where the whispering and things have led her. Um, and then the power goes out. So they're guessing they blew a fuse why well, it didn't have it earlier when they set up the party lights and stuff, but they think they've blown a fuse, so they need to go down to the basement, which is still locked. There's some question of where is the key to the basement door. Um, Josh and Aaron know that it is in, there's like a uh, a deep freeze, the freezer, you know, uh, like not the freezer that goes above your fridge, but like a big freezer that people store meat in and stuff. And the key's hidden in there. Um, Not sure
0: why anyone would want to do that, but...
1: Well, it beats the key outside the house, or under a rock outside, I don't know. <laughs> I suppose. In the house. And it probably was also because they wanted to keep it away from kids when they were little. I suppose
0: that's fair. Yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know. And it was sort of... And also because they're setting... Kind of sort of setting up a little reveal later on involving the Freezer so they're just putting it in our heads that this freezer is there josh reaches in gets the basement key out of it um they open the basement up they all start going down there they're commenting on how it it stinks like there's just a stink wafting up as they go down the stairs to this cellar and in in a side room off of the main room where he's yeah he's gone down to turn the breakers back on and in a side room, there is... Um, it's certainly not the Red Well from uh, the Amityville Horror. No, but it is a a triangle made of blood on the floor. Not like a full crucifix, just a triangle. Or crucifix, I mean um, pent- pentagram. Pentagram. Um, yeah, it's just triangle. There's like a bowl with some sort of disgusting meat sacrifice in it, in the center. Um, and some stuff drawn on the floor in blood, and there's some animal parts and fur around so they're all very disgusted and there's also a little um, not pedestal like a pulpit like a little yeah like a pedestal little pulpit that has this book on it which Grace immediately knows because she's a <clears throat> dark Wiccan and they don't <laughs> find this suspicious Satanist. just say Satanist it's not the same thing but what you're talking about is, is Satanism
0: I guess nobody could tell the difference
1: because Wiccans don't believe in Beelzebub or the devil to start with, so you know, like it's not. The I
0: same just assume, thing. I just assume the writers and directors just did not could not tell the difference somehow,
1: or well, they took some shortcuts or something. But
0: uh, I'm guessing that too, since uh, it it just seems like they just wanted to uh, use familiar words,
1: I guess. Words like grimoire. Which Grace recognizes this leather-bound book. I mean, it's not—it's not the Necronomicon TM, but it's pretty close.
0: <laughs> um, Might as well be. Might as well be, since this is uh, exactly how Evil Dead and Night of the Demons uh, got their uh, weird
1: shit happening started. But she, Grace, immediately knows what it is. There's stuff in Latin in there which she can read. Um, yeah, and she says the triangle on the floor is a portal for demon summoning. There's spells in the book to, there's a number of spells in the book, I think four, at least that we learn about, but there's summoning a demon, specifically Beelzebub, who's more than a demon, by the way. Um, I can't help but think of Tenacious D when I hear that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or
0: there's
1: a funny Singing Comedian Guy has a song called Beals, which is, which is what if Beelzebub was gay. Hmm. <laughs> Damn it. Anyway. Um, Just call Jack Black and Kyle Gass. They'll handle this. <laughs> so, okay, so there's a spell for summoning Beelzebub, a spell for summoning his legions. Um... A spell to allow him to possess someone and there's spells there's some sort of are like safeguards and there's safeguards in place that are you can't leave a certain wherever the safeguards are set up very much like Wanda's uh, runes in WandaVision you can't cast spells in this room because I put runes up Um, but also demons can't go through locked doors which is not a demon rule I've ever... I've heard of vampires can't enter unless you invite them, or they can't cross running water, but demons can't kick a door down? Like, that's
0: strange. I, I, I'm guessing just for the sake of narrative convenience.
1: I'm guessing so, but it's, it's very important. The demons cannot... Though, well, we'll get to it, but that's proven to be wildly untrue later on. <laughs> but yeah. Supposedly, demons can't go through a locked door. And that's one of the safeguards as well. Um, So now there's a group discussion of, back upstairs, of, hey, are we going to fuck around and summon Beelzebub? And Kim, again, is the only one who's like, uh, no. (laughs) No, we're not. Everyone else is like, yeah, that'll be fun. That's, you know. Grace is like, I can do it. I I can do it, but only if everyone, if it's unanimous, if everyone agrees. So everyone sways. And cajole him until she comes around to it. It's like, okay, fine, white people, whatever. <laughs> like, this is some real... This is you guys. Even uh,
0: Not even, right. even the cast of Night of the Demons was smarter than this. You know? That's saying something. So, That's saying something, given they, you know... Given how... What happened there. Or how <laughs> they're Hell, Ash. Whoever... Even Ash would just tell these do tell these people, do not do this. I've been there. This is an extremely bad idea. It cost me my hand
1: too. Well, yeah, he has experience. These are newbies. <laughs> uh, so they go back down. Grace is doing the incantation. They're all sitting in a circle, holding hands, and Terrace is the only one apparently who sees like a flash of light from this triangle and hears sort of like a whoosh. You know, so she signed to them. Like, did anybody else see that? And nobody else did. Yeah, uh, that's that's
0: kind of the part where I was also reminded of Night of the Demons, where you know somebody saw something weird happening during the during a seance, and uh, you know nobody else saw it. So that's that's very s- specific to me.
1: And it's at that point that. um Tara asks Grace, is there a reversal spell? And that's that's the fourth spell in the book, is yes, we can undo this if, if this starts to go wrong. So, you know, it'll be fine. But we need a human conduit. We need some sort of, you know, the demon or like the a, spirit needs a like person a to come into. Yes. Um, and Aaron very quickly volunteers Brandon the jock. <laughs> Which knowing what we know later that, you know, she's kind of just trying to get rid of Grace's boyfriend.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to say awfully specific, but uh yeah, good points.
1: And also he's he's the one they know the least, you know you know, but she's very much egging him on like, Well, oh, you're you know, you're the tough guy. You can well you do it. So he's like, Fine, I will. So Brandon gets in the triangle. She does this whole Latin incantation. Um, and the candles blow out. And then the lights are back on. I'm not sure how at that point.
0: I think, didn't they restore the power earlier when they found
1: yeah, someone was- found the secret room? Yeah, I suppose they just had the candles for the purpose of the incantation. And yeah, so he must jump up and flip the light switch on or something. But they turn the lights on. Brandon is not responding. They're asking him if he's okay. And there's another cool friend group sign language moment here. Because Aaron or Tara, the way that Brandon is sitting, he has his back turned to Tara. So she wouldn't be able to see if he was answering them or not. And so Freddie signs to her; he's not responding. He lets Tara know what she can't see, which is that he's not responding, and that's cool. It's just a cool little moment that you didn't have to do. Yeah, yeah, I I, I hear you. Um, he seems okay. He seems unpossessed.
0: Um, a bit shaken up, maybe.
1: Yeah, or maybe he was he doesn't say this, but maybe he was like messing with them to freak them out.
0: He, put a he's, he's on a little out state. of
1: it, but he doesn't seem possessed per se. So they give up. They think the ritual is a bust. Um, and yeah, saying, right. Everybody goes back upstairs, but Grace decides for dumb mistake is going to set off the chain of events. Um, uh, or dumb decision rather she decides she's going to finish the incantation while she is standing in the triangle and nobody sees it well as Aaron kind of peeks her head back down and is like Grace what are you doing but otherwise nobody sees that she has done this um and she shouldn't have it's bad news (laughs) Oh, so (laughs) We're back to everybody getting wasted on well everybody's getting wasted on shrooms, apparently, they say. So they have the disco the lights back on and everybody's just kinda around sitting around the living room being real mellow on some mushrooms.
0: A pity Amelia Kincaid doesn't show up to dance. (laughs) And again
1: resist Grace starts freaking out. She's kind of like spinning in a circle and staring like she doesn't know where she is or what's going on. Um, But, of course, what's actually happening, and it's kind of a cool way to show it, is that she's now been possessed by Beelzebub. This is the first time Beelzebub has been in a human body in who knows how long. He doesn't know what he's looking at. He's in a room with crazy lights and loud music in a new in a body he's never been in before back on like it's that sensation that he like that's, it's not grace spinning around in confusion it's him because he's like where the fuck am i now like what year is this this 19- is in 1995 or wherever i was last time is it was just with Hitler. What's happened? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: he's probably thinking how long did i sleep
1: that but his first thought seems to be and here's another thing that i think is really cool in this movie that you don't see in enough movies when someone is possessed by a demon what are demons all about what would a prince of hell be about would they instantly be i need to kill everyone in this house no they're about the pleasures of the flesh that's their whole thing so the first thing beelzebub and grace's body does is go to the kitchen and start mowing down on snacks.
0: Okay, that what I are these that donuts? I mean, what are
1: these chips? That I am going to get a chocolate me. Guzzling whiskey and then guzzling milk? But, like, the idea well, that a team would immediately be... i just arrived. Well, I've returned friendly. to Earth. I must slaughter everyone I see. No. And he wants would want it. to be like. Yeah, it's been forever since I tasted something. It's been forever Although since I've eaten. Too out.
0: much, given. apparently, it's all too much, given. Uh, he later throws up on the toilet.
1: But that's because her—that's her body reacting, which is another cool sure. thing. Because you couldn't sure. have her going crazy and having no, you know, her eating all this stuff and drinking all this stuff and having it not having any effect. But still a human body you're in, and her stomach cannot handle the liter of alcohol and the gallon of milk you just showed mixing together in your stomach with donuts and chips. Because, yeah, Chip. she has the run and puke in the toilet. But she even kind of likes Chip. that. She looks up and kind of licks her lips like, hmm, that's new. <laughs> what an experience that was. It's a cool idea. It's a cool idea that a demon would be like, before I get down to fucking with these people... I wanna feel things again, you know. I wanna taste things. Including And yet he'll and yet he'll never
0: know the pleasure of eating pizza.
1: What is? It's a demon, of course. Sex wait,
0: say, wait, say that again because you kinda of cut off there.
1: Oh, sorry. Um the next thing misses out on pizza, but the next thought after food and alcohol is sex demons all about having sex that this is great yeah not only that this might be the first time he's been in a female body so what is this gonna be like i gotta get on top of this that (laughs) makes sense it's a good motivation for a demon to have in its first hour on earth and i like it a lot
0: you know give it this uh at least the filmmakers resisted trying to rip off the exorcist you know because you know they could have done a similar Bob projectile thing but were print themselves so you
1: know hey
0: so points there you know resisting that
1: yeah they don't get into resisting
0: that. the obvious idea i mean just resisting yeah iconography yeah
1: they don't get too much into these possessed people can do things ordinary people can't do except for the floating upside down thing that comes in later which is a little a little much a little weird but so Especially yeah, right, after, right after she pukes grace goes and grabs brandon hauls him into the the other room to have sex with him but because he's drunk and high and stoned, he passes out halfway through Grace is, well, Grace slash above is very frustrated, goes in the bathroom and rubs one out.
0: And she goes for Freddy.
1: No, hang on. Yeah, that's the third thing. So she says, well, she says nothing, but, okay, that, that guy didn't satisfy me. He didn't get the job done. I'm going to make this happen. So she goes in the other room and is given Freddie the fuck eyes from across the room. Freddie, who I think at this point, at some point in the movie has mentioned that like, oh, he's always had the hots for grace. She would never look at him. And why is she with that bonehead Brandon guy? Um, so it doesn't take much encouragement to lull, lure him into another bed, a different bedroom. It um, kind of seems to so be really that Freddie He puts curious. up a little bit of a fight like Cause they're kind of making out and she's on top of him, you know, and he's like, wait, 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 I can't, like, you have a boyfriend. And then she takes her shirt. She stills her bra on, but she takes her shirt off, and he's like, oh, n- never mind. Like, he tried, I guess. Like, he's a weak man. So yeah, they have sex, but loser that Freddie is, he lasts about eight seconds. So she's still, Gray slash Beelzebub is still not satisfied and goes in the bathroom and just takes care of it herself. And rubs one out. And that is that is so awesome <laughs> that this demon is like, fuck, why can I not come? <laughs> like, this shouldn't be this hard. I uh, guess he has. I mean, I mean, an ancient world. Those people knew how to come. These soft <laughs> boys today are not getting the job done for me. S-
0: so, Must be having a boomer moment over, you know, that, you know. Oh, she's Young, also she's choking him with a belt a little bit, getting a little kinky. Yeah, I put in my notes, uh, dominatrix, you know, demonic dominatrix.
1: A little bit, but it's not, yeah, it's not <laughs> nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, <laughs> so once she's finished herself off in the bathroom, she comes back in the room where Freddy's vlogging, bragging about. And he doesn't name her. That big an asshole. He's like, You're not going to believe it, Freddy Vision fans. I just got laid. And he turns around and she's there. And this black tongue worm thing comes out of her mouth into his mouth. And the possession has been, not even passed on, but like multiplied. She can now turn. It can spread. You can turn... I guess that's summoning
0: more demons legions.
1: yeah the legions of beelzebub and, and again you know the, the
0: you know the drill you know what i'm going to reference
1: maybe
0: because <laughs> this is exactly how the demonic thing spread in night of the demons just minus the tongue thing but you know you get the idea yeah
1: Yeah, it's there. I mean, there's no. I mean, there's no getting around it. It definitely is, you know, cribbing from stuff. But it's also doing so many other interesting things that I liked that I can't even like be mad about it. <laughs>
0: there's, probably I mean, to of mo- there's
1: probably a ton of movies that have ripped off Evil Dead and Night of the Demons that didn't have any good stuff that I would like in it.
0: I mean, it's true. Bad. I mean, I do want so, the stress. I I don't hate this movie. Honestly, it honestly it. It's actually watchful and very competent, you know.
1: Especially for the level that they're playing at, as far as the budget and the cast and all that, so.
0: Plus, I'll give it this. I'd rather watch this again than Demonic.
1: I'm trying to think if I saw that one or not. Is that the one? It, where... had, Frank, it had Frank Grillo as a uh, detective. Frank Grillo. Is that, is that the one with Sarah Hyland from Modern Family in it? What is that one called? Um, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, but it's very important to know that she, that she's not killing these people. It's removing their soul and replacing it with, it's very important that souls have been removed and like stored, um, and replacing it with one of Beelzebub's legion. So, yeah, um, Now, I don't know why she doesn't... So she just tongue-possessed Freddy. Why not go do the same thing to Brandon right now? Yeah, he's passed out, but you should still be able to... Like, Do they have to be conscious to possess them?
0: I guess so. Why wouldn't you go add him
1: to your army right
0: now? Or unless Isabel just wanted to prolong this just, just for the hell of it. if you pardon the
1: pun. It could be that, or it was like he was such a weak loser who passed out during sex that i'm not even he's he can't even be in my army he can just be meat later like that could be it it's a a lack of respect for him as a person
0: well yeah that would track
1: so tara senses something um just in the air she's feeling something's not right and she goes kind of follows these feelings to the basement where she finds Freddy unconscious inside the blood triangle. Um, Freaks out naturally, runs upstairs to tell everyone. Um, They all run downstairs and he's gone. But nobody really, this is another nice touch. Nobody's like, oh, why are you so like, you're so crazy. Why are you messing up? our?" Everybody's like, very supportive of her very like I'm sure you did see it. he's probably just playing a trick on you nobody everyone believes her no one's like well
0: You're you are that's kind of- a reasonable excuse you know that's a reasonable excuse that he could have just been purposely messing with Tara you know you know so you know that's that's at least a, that's at least possible
1: yeah I'm just glad nobody was discounting her out of hand and saying like you know Oh, you're ruining a good time. Why are you? You know, you're seeing things. You're being crazy. You know, everybody's like, "Okay, you yeah. saw it. We believe you." <laughs> but they also know, like they know her. You know? She's not going to make up something like that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's now daylight. Daylight has come. I'm assuming everyone. Everyone else so I'm surprised. Good. Sorry. Go on. Uh, no.
0: Good. I was going to say that I'm surprised this takes place over two days because I kind of expected this to be a one night kind of thing. Not because of what it's cribbing from, just, you know, I I usually just expect these movies to go on to have the entire plot happen in just one night. You know,
1: yeah, kind of the inciting incident is kind of in the middle of the night and then it really doesn't kick off the action, so to speak. It's pretty much all contained within the next day. Um yeah. so it's daylight now. Presumably everybody is asleep in the house. Um, except for possessed Grace and possessed Freddy who have gone out in the woods to fuck.
0: Because again, I guess, demons uh, well, they I have guess, better things uh,
1: to do, but they're like, this feels good. I haven't done this in forever. Let's do that again. <laughs> like,
0: Well, if, uh, I guess uh, if they wanted to try again, then well, I guess demon sex is better than just demon and human sex. It seems
1: to be because they are growling. Their eyes have turned white. It looks very—I uh, wouldn't—I wouldn't say aggressive, but it's just rough. They're having—they're having a good time, <laughs> and it's no. There's no. There's no nudity involved. Everything's pretty, you know, above board. It's not too. Which, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm which surprised. Is, a, is a nice surprise. Um, yeah, just the idea that like, okay, now that you're not um, this mere human Freddy, now that you, you know, are one of my legions, you can keep up with me before we get down to the business of rubbing out this house full of our friends let's go bang one out in the woods. Like, that's just, that's, that's a fun idea to me. Priorities, these demons have, and I like it. <laughs> so, Josh is in the kitchen, making coffee or something, and Grace comes in, comes in behind him, and like, puts her arms around him, and is like, nuzzling at his neck, and he assumes that it's, Tara, but when he turns around, it's Grace, and, and, good boyfriend that he is, is immediately like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not cool. And it gets even less cool because then Grace starts mocking Tara's deafness. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I just thought maybe you'd want to be with a girl that you could, could like, hear your moans. Which is so fucking okay. But also <laughs> immediately tells them something is wrong with Grace because Grace is not an asshole like that. <laughs> like what is going on? But Tara walks in just in time to see it happening and Josh has to kind of, you know, talk his way out of like, okay, it's not what it looked you didn't see what you thought you did. like you saw it, but
0: I have to give it a credit there that Tara does trust her boyfriend since you know usually sometimes usually you will just the girlfriend would just be unreasonable in these kind of things. And uh
1: yeah it's another example of this being a group of good people who are good friends because yeah there's a trust there because yeah obviously she's like what did i just walk in on grace kind of runs out of the room but tara doesn't chase her down and start hitting her or start you know josh goes to tara and is like you know i didn't do anything she did that i don't know what's going on and they immediately Follow Grace into the next room to confront her. Like, hey, what the fuck was that about? Why are you doing that? Um, and Grace gets a Beelzebub. Gets, you know, we sure. will just call her GB for short. Just a GB. Sure, GB. Grace yeah. slash Beelzebub. Um, is then apologetic. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just playing around with Josh and you weren't supposed to see that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. So, selling it trying to, you know, like, oh, shit, I almost blew my cover there for a second. Let's rein this back in. Um,
0: Do you think he blew cover there with if this wasn't his first time?
1: <clears throat> so, well, no, not really, because then she immediately starts, she kind of, she sort of apologizes to Tara, but it's kind of mocking still, and then she starts abusing Brandon. And i I wouldn't have reason to feel bad for Brandon because he's such a, like, meathead jock. Yeah, me neither. But the way he is treated, I felt bad for him. Because she is, like... Because he comes in the room and he's like, what's this talk about you fucking Josh? <laughs> and she's like, no, oh, I didn't fuck Josh or anything, but I should because you have such a tiny dick and you're such a meathead. And she's, like, slapping him in the face. And he's taking I it. Love the, I, I kind of love the Ken doll remark. Yeah. She's like, because you're hung like a Ken doll. i <laughs> just be you know, Terrible to this guy. I mean, I'm
0: guessing GB just goes, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go all out
1: anyway. Yeah. And he, I I shouldn't say to his credit, he doesn't hit her back because you shouldn't get credit for that. But, you know. He almost did. It could happen. But it doesn't. He seems genuinely yes angry but also hurt because this you know this was his girlfriend and they were like their relationship was fine even if nobody else in the group understood it they understood each other in a weird way and so for her to suddenly do this to him is very shocking (laughs) um we got to yeah here's where kimberly's out in the woods meditating and Freddy is hanging in midair, upside down in front of her, like face to face. How they do that effect anyway? Because that's well, that wasn't CG. But. No, we never see his whole body. I don't think we sort of only see him from like the shoulders down. Like we never see like a, a a long shot of it. It's all pretty close up, so we don't. They didn't really have to. I mean, he's hanging from wires or something, but they didn't have to work around it because they didn't really show his whole body to my recollection anyway um and yeah she opens her eyes well he does a little growl and she opens her eyes and he's right there in her face and t- gives her the tongue possession so now another one another one bites the dust um spider-man
0: kiss gone wrong
1: it's <laughs> a little Tommy mcguire um yeah, now shit's popping off because Brandon's. Brandon's. Storm goes to storm right out of the room, like, I don't know what your problem is, Grace, but I'm leaving because I don't need to take this. You're slapping me around and verbally abusing me. Like, fuck you. I'm out of here. He goes to leave and she jumps on his back and bites his fucking ear off.
0: I'm telling you, he go GV just wanted to say, go fuck it. I'm, I'm going to waste these people
1: anyway. Yeah, like, the charade is over. The game is over. Let's get down to the. I've already sent Freddie out to get the, you know, get Kim in the woods. So let's get this going. Um, yeah, she bites Brandon's ear off, and Tara, hero that she is, picks up a baseball bat and cracks Grace in the head with it. While everyone else, while Josh and everyone else in the room is like, "Oh God, what do we do?" Tara, the deaf girl, grabs this bat and lays Grace out ding 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 home run um so they tie her to a chair brandon still bails he's like have fun with this they're like no she's possessed and he's like whatever i don't care she bit my fucking ear off i'm leaving some so boyfriend her, well look maybe he's not leaving forever but if a girlfriend bit my ear off i
0: I mean,
1: I'm going fair, fair. to need some cooldown time to not be in the room with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm going to go for a walk. Fair points. Well, he's not going for a walk. He try, He's going to leave, leave, because he goes out to the car. And for whatever reason, the car won't start. We, then, we didn't see this happen. I'm assuming that the demons disabled the vehicles in some way. And it's not a magical electromagnetic whatever that the car won't start. I'm assuming you know, they uh, pulled the spark plugs or something. I mean,
0: I suppose you can't blame the demons with a lack of self reception either.
1: The when was the last time on earth? I not even know how a modern car engine will Anyway, Probably the car better. won't start. Um, so he goes to leave... Oh, that's coming up yet. Before that... So Aaron's Aaron's got the grimoire now. She's going to read the banish spell to try to get this demon out of Grace, so they can get their friend back. Because they they're convinced, like they smartly know, and it's to their credit as characters that that is what has happened. We don't spend half an hour. We don't waste half an hour of the movie of them running around. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. Is she did she take too many drugs? Does she, she like immediately? They're like, oh. This is the spell we messed around with, which we shouldn't have done, duh. Well, at least they picked yeah, up on that quick. Yeah, they grasped that pretty immediately. Um, so Aaron's trying to read the banish spell from the grimoire. And Tara, again, the best Being person in the group. Astute, astute, astute. And photographic memory. Because she had looked at the book earlier, they had flipped through it, and she had... She had some kind of thing on her phone where she could look at the text and it would translate it into English, I guess. I'm not, I think that's what was happening. They didn't really show it up close, but
0: we'll, we'll just call it creative
1: license, license. Uh, but I think that's what it was so that they knew. Cause you could maybe, you could say the words in Latin, but not know what it was you were saying. So I think they wanted to know like, what does this actually say? Yeah. Um, but she has a photographic memory. So she has this book memorized. So Aaron's trying to read this banishment spell. And Tara's the one who notices you missed a word. She signs to her, "You missed a word." She's like, "What? No, I didn't." And she reads it back to her, or signs it back to her in la- signing in Latin. That's I've never re- haven't seen that before. either. Like as close as possible. I don't know why you, Latin's a dead language. So I don't know why you would, but anyway, um, we'll we'll just
0: chuck that up to creative you license too, just to be safe.
1: Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it's cool. So she. Yeah, so she tells Aaron like, "No, you said it wrong. It's this," and that's enough of a sort of interruption for Grace to escape. She breaks the ropes on this chair and starts chasing them around the house.
0: Also, the hint of a the, that twist, because uh, you know, yeah, no way would she miss that on No way would she miss that by accident.
1: That's true. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, in hindsight, she purposely missed that word. I hadn't even she thought of Good catch.
0: She just didn't count on Tara to catch it.
1: Yeah. Don't count Tara, man. She's the best one. So they lock. They managed to get Grace into the basement and lock her. Lock that door from the outside. So she's trapped in the basement because demons can't unlock the doors or can't get through locked doors. Um, out in the driveway, the long driveway, because the car wouldn't start, Brandon has walked in the end of the driveway. and He's just going to walk to town. And he gets to right about where the mailbox is and walks face first into an invisible wall, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> I'm I not sure how they did so. the effect, but you see his I just thing assume a glass. I just but assume a glass, maybe just like Yeah Baker. Yeah, that could be. Or maybe he's just a really good physical comedian, but just yeah, you can see his hand pressing. You see his hand, you can see
0: the palm of his hand pressing, so it has to be glass somehow
1: well they're just doing really good sort of mime work like oh i'm trapped in a box that thing but yeah his, oh, he bounces his face off or at least pretends to this invisible force field is blocking the end of the driveway um should i should i count that as riffing from neither demons or
0: because it kind of did the same thing just without the invisible stuff, just uh no doors or just one long brick wall
1: yeah, well, I mean, I suppose any movie like this, there has to be something to keep them. There. Or, like, whatever that mechanism too. is.
0: Or or Viking Evil Dead too, or the, this, the bridge was destroyed.
1: Or yeah, Cabin in the Woods, has the same thing, yeah. But, yeah, that's yeah, right. right. Yeah, so that's right. The that movie Chris, had a shield. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth, just right? <laughs> crashes into that force, and it has a force field. Um. Yeah, so he tries. He, he, had, he took the baseball bat with him, which is kind of an asshole move. Like, you should have left them. You're leaving. Leave them the protection of the baseball bat. But he tries to beat get on her. the baseball bat or beat on the force field with the baseball bat. And the bat goes right through, but his hand doesn't. So now he has thrown the baseball bat to the other side of the force field, and he can't get it, which is kind of funny, too.
0: That's a <sighs> That's very dumb move awesome to do.
1: Well, I don't think he... I mean, he's not the smartest one in the group, but I could see not expecting that to happen. But it's a fun its a fun way to remove the baseball bat from the equation. Like, now you don't have that in the movie anymore. Yeah. As a weapon. So that's... I like that. Um, so, Grace is... Yeah, Grace has run away. Or, no, Grace is locked in the basement. She's doing some sort of a spell or something to herself, which is... And you see sort of the... I don't know if it's spirit cam or what, but sort of the point of view of something sort of flying through the air um, to show basically she's summoning Freddie who has dragged Kimberly's. We don't know if she's dead or not, but she has dragged Kimberly's body out to the barn. Um, there does seem to be a real variance on how long possession takes or what form it because she did the tongue thing to Freddie and he was possessed instantly Freddie did the tongue thing to Kimberly, but she's just unconscious for the rest of the movie. So I don't know.
0: Not sure how it works. That kind of
1: seems inconsistent. A bit. But, uh, so Grace has basically summoned Freddie and showed him where, like, oh, Brandon's at the edge of the driveway. Go get him. Um, which he does. Gets, um,. Does he choke him first? Well, Brandon looks like he's gonna fight him, but then he just gets the he gets the possession tongue, and then he drags Brandon's body out to the barn where Kimberly's is. So now we're two down. Um, there's a nice yeah. Little Brandon got the tongue. Got Go yeah,
0: Brandon got the tongue thing. Now I remember.
1: Yeah. Um. There's a nice little scene here where they're sitting around and they're trying to grace is locked in the basement they're trying to decide what do we do do we just leave we can't kill her it's our friend but we can't how are we going to subdue her how are we going to long enough to do this banishment spell so they're sort of sitting around talking it out trying to decide what to do and toby has—and this is a pretty good performance here toby has a little bit of a breakdown because kimberly is still missing as far as they know kimberly's dead they haven't seen kimberly in a while they heard her scream from outside when freddie attacked her and they haven't seen her since they also haven't seen freddie so they assume kimberly and freddie are both dead and gone and toby is very tearfully telling a story and it's again it's a pretty good performance um about how like all through grade school toby would would tease Kimberly to like try to get her attention and she never gave him any attention. She never, you know, gave him that. And it was always his, you know, it was his way of saying, I love you. And we've like, we've finally gotten past that. We're grownups now. I finally get to be with her and she's fucking gone and he's crying about it. And it's like, it's a nice little moment in the middle of this (laughs) like gory, sort of not super gory, but, um, but like a real character moment, because we hadn't had, we hadn't gotten much from Toby so far, other than he's a DJ and he likes Kimberly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a nice little moment for him. Tara suggests she dumps out his little drug paraphernalia bag, and is like, "Hey, is there anything in here that could knock her out?" He's like, "There's stuff in there that would knock an elephant out. I don't know what the side effects will be. I can't guarantee." She doesn't have a heart murmur we don't know about or some side, you know, some pre-existing condition that will kill her. But as far as I know, she'd be perfectly safe with whatever whatever it is he cooks up in his spoon to knock her out. That's the plan now.
0: Well, um, hopefully they estimated the right amounts so they, they don't overdose.
1: Well, he seems like an expert. <laughs> So so that's the plan, but they can't go into it unarmed necessarily. So Josh says he's going to go out in that barn, there are rifles. That is why they're out in the, that de- decrepit barn instead of in the house, I don't know, unless that was another safeguard from we're not gonna have guns in the house with, where the kids are. but uh, I feel I like. It it's not. It's not. But I feel like keeping them out of sight, because they obviously know where they were, because Josh knows right where the guns were, which means he probably knew when he was a kid, too, or at least a teenager. So now having them out of sight in this barn where the kids can go fuck with them seems like a worse idea. But regardless, Josh is going to go out to the barn to get a rifle. And Aaron follows him outside to argue with him and say, look, you're not... Don't bother getting a gun because you're not going to kill Grace. Like, that's still our Grace. She's still our friend. We will figure this out. He's like, I get that. But if it's her standing over my sister or my girlfriend, she's going to die. That's just, like, I'm not sacrificing either of you for her. She's my friend, but we're in over our heads here. We need a backup plan in case this drug doesn't work and the incantation doesn't work. I might have to shoot her. So I'm going to go get this rifle. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, That's pretty reasonable. It's, you know... Kind of an all else, if all else fails kind of thing. Yeah, and that's another point for the movie to me that other than Grace stupidly doing this incantation on herself, the characters mostly make pretty smart decisions. You know, they're not getting killed off because they're doing dumb things. Once the initial dumb thing happens, you know... One, one person decides I'm, I'm leaving, which is a smart move. One person yeah. decides, you know, figuring out that we should drug her. That's a, that's a smart call. I should go get a rifle just in case. That's a smart call. So they're not doing the typical dumb teens in a horror movie decisions. Yeah. Okay. I like that, too. Um, yeah, so they have a little bit of an argument. Back in the house, Toby is cooking up. He's in a room by himself. He's cooking up whatever this is. He's cooking up in a spoon and getting it into the the hypodermic for use. And he hears from outside Kimberly calling, you know, and sort of banging on the door. Let me in. The door's locked. Please let me in. Which tells you that yeah, these demons can't come through locked doors. Okay, I believe you for now. But he opens the door, and it's not Kimberly at all. It's Freddy mimicking Kimberly's voice. Cool do you. <laughs> Which is not the most original thing, but I always like it. I always like it in movies. For some reason, there's something about an entity or a monster or something like the bear in Annihilation <laughs> mimicking human voice to trick you. Like There's something about that that will always get me. <laughs>
0: Wait, they did do that in Evil Dead as well. Now that I think about it? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's no getting around. Uh, it. Although, isn't the whole you can't come in to the lock door thing of vampire? You know.
1: Well, they, vampires, you know, vampires can't come in. Depending on what folklore you're listening to, vampires can't come in unless they're invited in.
0: I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. It just still seems odd. They went with that weakness. Something
1: well, and it turns out we'll get to it, but it turns out to kind of not matter. Maybe for the lesser demons it matters, but for Beelzebub it doesn't because she inexplicably opens this basement door on her own very soon. Which I don't, which throws the whole locked door thing out the window. I don't, we'll get to it. I don't understand it. Um, here's the only moment where Tara's deafness, um causes any sort of problem at all she's sitting there looking through the book trying to figure out you know and in the other room possessed Freddie is attacking Toby got him down he's choking him about to do the possession and she can't hear it but that's the only moment in the movie where that sort of cliche is <laughs> <laughs> thing happens. Um, And then I think it's well Josh come Josh comes in then. Josh and Aaron come in, they each have rifles and see what's happening. Um, but they're hesitant to shoot because it's their friend Freddie. But they don't have to because Tara has seen well, she saw Josh and Aaron running. She has grabbed the hypodermic and she uses it on Freddy.
0: I should mention Aaron did try to fire the gun, but didn't go off. And at first, I thought that, um, you know, demons uh, affect oh, right. the gun.
1: Right. Yeah, that pays off kind of later, too. Yeah. I didn't notice that either. You're catching all kinds of stuff, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so now they have. now they really have a problem because Toby is unconscious after being choked out by freddie and they have wasted the only shot of this knockout juice they had on freddie and toby's not awake to make more so now what do we do that plan is shot Yeah. yeah so josh orders the girls to lock him in the basement like i'm going down there i don't know what his plan is other than i guess his plan is to go and shoot grace because what else is there left to do But I don't want to risk her escaping the basement and getting at my sister and my girlfriend. So I'm going down there with a gun. Whatever happens, whatever you hear, don't open that door. You know, one way or another, either Grace or I, one of us isn't leaving this basement, or hopefully neither of us. Um, If the girls don't like this plan, of course. Um, I guess we'll come to learn for very different reasons. Tara, because she loves her boyfriend and she doesn't want him to die. Um, Aaron, in the moment, it seems as if it's because you're my brother and I love you and I don't want you to die. But as we'll come to find out, it's probably more that she doesn't doesn't want him to go down and shoot Grace.
0: And she does touch the doorknob when she just races to it as soon as he gets down she has her hand on the doorknob as she's crying but there's a payoff to that
1: see and I rewound a look because I thought I thought did I miss a scene where this door got unlocked and as far as I could tell the last person who touched that door wasn't Aaron it was Tara but I could be wrong I must be wrong because otherwise it doesn't make any sense
0: well it's the twist but we'll get to it <clears throat>
1: sort of a twist, yeah. Um, Now we're back at the intro because the two girls hiding in the closet are Aaron and Tara. They're hiding in the closet. And they are hearing well, Grace gets out of the basement. She just opens the door and that was my confusion was like okay the door was locked so the demons can't go through locked doors thing doesn't mean anything but i suppose i miss. Mean, it's possible that secretly aaron has unlocked the basement so the grace can get out we don't yeah, know what hap- we don't see what happened to brandon do we no he's uh, just with the other bodies yeah, because we don't hear a gunshot or anything, so we don't know. We just know that the basement door opens and it's grace that comes out. So we can assume maybe that Brandon is either dead or possessed. We don't know. But so the girls are GB is on. probably
0: thinking, well, that was easy. You know, when opening the door.
1: Well, and we'll also come to find out why we didn't hear a gunshot. Yeah. And we'll come back to that. See, this, every time I think there's a plot hole, they covered it. I don't know. Yeah. This might be kind of a great movie. <laughs> Maybe. Um,
0: I mean, I'm kind of reevaluating it as we speak.
1: That happens sometimes. That's happened to me on this show before. Um, yeah, so they're hiding in the closet. Grace is out of the basement now. Um, Toby wakes up and tries to take a meat cleaver to Grace from behind, but fails. She flips him over and Knocks him out again. Well, once went are trying. Yeah, he gave it his best shot to protect the girls in the closet. Well, he, he probably didn't even know they were in the closet. He probably just, just knew just, that if Grace is walking around, something has gone wrong, and I'm going to have to kill her. Um, Grace rips the closet open. There's the girls. And here's where we get the big reveal, which is that. Done. Because she sort of grabs... Tara, but lets Aaron just kind of walk out of the closet on her own. And Aaron's suddenly not as scared as she should be. Um you. with song music. What it turns out is Aaron has made a deal. Because, again, since she was a child, she's been in love with Grace, secretly. Has never told Grace about it one assumes, or if she did, didn't get far with it. Um, she's the one who killed Pop-Pop, we see in flashback, as she stabs the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, um, what's the timeline on this? Because I kind of find that part a bit convoluted, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it all comes together 100%. Presumably, at some point, she came out to the... well. I'm going to do it a little out of order just for explanation's sake, but we see a flashback of when she was locked in that basement, where apparently there was already something bad. Because she's sort of possessed, but not really. You see this sort of black ooze or something seep, like, into her eyes. But then she lived the rest of her life normal. Like, she wasn't demon-possessed, per se, but she's been touched somehow. Yeah. And it's Grace that let her out of the basement when she was locked in. And that's sort of why she fell in love with Grace, was she spent this whole night terrified in this dark basement, at the end of which she was touched by something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Demonic.
1: It's Grace that opened the door and let her out. And we see flashbacks of them sort of playing and dancing together as kids. Um, but yeah, so I'm assuming cut to many, many years later, Whatever it was that Pop Pop died weeks ago or months ago, Aaron must have come out to the farm because the time has come <laughs> for whatever this plan is. Um, some sort of blood sacrifice needs to be made. So that was Grandpa's heart or whatever that was in that bowl. She hid Grandpa's body in the deep freezer. So Josh, nice in the bag. yeah, Josh almost touched it. We cut back to when Josh was reaching in the deep freezer to get the key, and we see we camera goes down a little lower and there's grandpa's head in this freezer. So he came that close to finding it. Yeah. Um, So she has made a deal with Beelzebub that if I let, you know, I'll let you come to earth. You give me grace. I'm in love with grace. I want grace to be mine. That's the deal. Grace fucked that deal up by, instead of Brandon being possessed, Getting out of her way, she did it to herself, and that threw the whole plan out the window. So the new oh, we also see her. Yeah, I guess we see her unlocking the door. We see her taking the bullets out of the gun when Josh wasn't looking. So Josh went down in the basement with an unloaded gun. She's willing to sacrifice her brother for this. That's true. That's love <laughs> for grace I mean not for your brother um, so
0: like I don't I, I'm not sure <laughs> if I understood the this plan well because she didn't think of the possibilities you know of this plan backfiring or or how she expected this deal to go. If Grace got possessed, like just, uh, I'm not sure if this
1: plan was well thought out. Well, I mean, you can never plan well enough for a deal with literally the devil. So that is mistake number one. But I, I think clearly the plan was you're going to possess Brandon. You get to walk around Earth in a body. Go have fun. Leave me and my friends alone. Now Brandon's out of the picture in her grief grace will turn to me when i declare my love for her that you
0: plan. know uh, you know just, grace you know Beelzebub. i'm guessing these just took one good look at Brandon's mind and went no i'm not picking this
1: one <laughs> that could be it i yeah, fuck the deal this is the least interesting person in the room i'll wait for somebody else
0: yeah yo fuck fuck the douchebag i want the goth chick I'll take her instead.
1: Amen, brother. I'm on your side, Beelzebub. <laughs> That's old, soft spot of mine, rearing its ugly head. Um, so, yeah, Aaron says to Grace, like, hey, you can, you can, or two to Beelzebub, I guess, you can leave Grace's body now. I will help you do the ritual and you can possess someone else. There's Tara. You can possess her. And she's like, I'm not going to possess a deaf girl. Like, if I'm going to possess somebody like this, I like this body just fine.
0: I guess he's so prejudiced towards deaf
1: people. Well, but it's, I mean, not even a prejudice so much it's just like, if I'm going to inhabit a human body, I want one that's in peace, All having oh, so I guess, yeah. you know, give so okay. yourself purposely give yourself that handicap so to speak i guess but sure. so although that didn't seem to
0: bother the ghosts in insidious chapter three you know with possessing a
1: handicapped girl which is three i get those so mixed up between the conjuring and insidious and sinister i know they're they're kind of the first two so, are made by the same guy they're so, so interchangeable in my head to the fact to the point that I've rented the Conjuring Three three times thinking, oh, this is the one I haven't seen. And I get twenty minutes in and I go, shit, this is the one I've seen. <laughs> because they all are kind of the same movie to me in my head. The same so structure. I know. Um so Erin runs out of the house. I don't know what exactly her plan is here. I think now that she understands that, like, oh, Beelzebub is not looking to give Grace's body up. She's yeah, looking man. to just kill me. Like, the plan is... The deal is over. I'm, I've gotten screwed out of this deal. So she runs, hides in the barn. It's kind of a salt act to be like, no, you're going to give me... I'm not gonna read this incantation for you that will, that will drop the Force field so that you can leave unless you give me grace like you promised so she runs out to the barn she's hiding freddie and grace are sort of chasing her down and here we get the only actual it turns out death in the movie which that uh that surprised me it's very surprising that by the end of this movie there is one dead body well counting pop pop (laughs) two
0: Well, it's certainly not going to get on kill count any time soon.
1: No, because you assume that Kimberly is dead. You assume that Josh is dead. You assume that Brandon is dead. Basically, not so much. But Grace jumps down off this barn and grabs Aaron and puts her eyes out with her fingers. Like, just...
0: It's an off-screen kill, too, technically.
1: Yeah, you see it from the back, but then we cut back to the front to see her sort of empty eye sockets. And yeah. just drops her on the ground. And whoops, Aaron's dead. <laughs> That's the end of that. So now what well, are they doing?
0: Well, they go after the uh, death girl. At least she uh, can speak, if barely, you know, since, you know, since it's, it's, she mostly does the sign language. Because they do literally, they did say just, they do just go, fuck it, get the death girl.
1: Yeah, who has, Tara has run, we think. This is a pretty cool reveal. I feel she's such a good yeah, first that's, girl.
0: That uh, that
1: I have to give her props to as well. So we we see her at the force field banging on it, like you know, and sort of calling for help as best she can. She's not completely mute, like she it sound not, but she's not to the yeah. level of like a Marley Matlin or something, you know. Yeah. Like she you can sort of hear her kind of.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, Making that's sounds
1: wild. that sound like words. kinda. Yeah, she's calling for help as best she can at at the uh, force field and banging on it. Um, the possessed Freddy comes up behind her, so she kind of puts her hands up, like "Okay, I you caught me, I give up." And starts walking back into the yard, and then boom turns the tables. Um, waits for Grace and Freddie to both be close to her and starts doing the incantation in sign language. And Grace is laughing at her like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the, triangle, like, the triangle is in the basement. You can't trap me. You can't do the banishment outside of the triangle. And that's in the basement of the house. And she's like, no, you're standing in it.
0: Because I, can, I, kind of, I kind of wish Tara said, oh yeah? Before they just, before they
1: just realize they're fucked. Well, she signs you know, to him. She says you're standing in it.
0: And well, well, I guess I was just hoping for her to do, like, some kind of one-liner, you know, than just say
1: standing in it. You know. Yeah. It kind of like what Ash does. Sure. So now we cut to a bit of, a tiny bit of a flashback, just back a couple minutes. While they were chasing, while... Possessed Grace and Possessed Freddy were chasing Aaron around the barn. Tara was busy. Tara grabbed a can of gasoline and drew a triangle in the yard.
0: That's, that's clever. That's, that's actually a uh, clever
1: twist. You know. And because she has the incantation memorized with a photographic memory, yes. she does it to them in sign language while they're standing in the triangle. And banishes the demons. Well, uh, she, the lights that, the, she lights the triangle on fire.
0: Yeah. Leaving scorch marks, technically. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, so they They're were standing in the triangle stones. and didn't even know it. We didn't know it either until we get, like, an aerial shot. To yeah. see that they are standing inside the triangle. I will
0: point out this. Uh, how come the demons didn't smell the smoke? Because there would have to be some smoke, right? Just... They showed the smoke.
1: You'd yeah, think I they suppose. would smell this. But they probably also, A, they probably very much underestimated Terra, which is a mistake. Yeah. Um, or, I'll or, uh, so well, just attribute this. You didn't catch her doing it. You caught her at the force field like she was trying to escape. Like she was yeah. fast enough that they didn't see her do it. So I don't know. No. Or but I guess. Time, maybe their noses always are full of brimstone smell. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>
0: or could chalk it up to being overconfidence.
1: That's probably it. Um, So, yeah, so she does the banishment incantation. They're inside the triangle. Freddie and Grace collapse, and all the souls, smoke starts coming out of them. There's black smoke. And then the souls of their friends, who have been possessed or had their souls taken, Soul to Keep, here's the title, Uh, the souls go flying out, these little balls of light, go back into the bodies of their friends, and everyone's fine. Yeah, and, uh, Other than Aaron, well, who's yeah. dead with no eyes, everyone is back, alive, and unpossessed.
0: Well, um, certainly not how Night of the Demons ended. Because no. everyone, because everyone who got possessed died with no way out.
1: So it's, it's, doing its own thing for once
0: (laughs) so Um, so these people are extremely lucky they didn't end up like them like them
1: yeah now here here's
0: one of the deadites now that i think about it
1: i've been very on the movie side and feel like people are making smart decisions and doing right things here's where they lose me a little bit because they decide to just bury aaron on the farm i thought that was
0: pretty off-putting
1: And never tell any, like, we're never going to talk about what happened to you. How? You're going to go back to the real world and just, you just don't have a sister anymore? Somebody would ask. Someone wants to know where Aaron (laughs) went.
0: His parents would ask, you know, you got to think of a cover story, dude. Or at least. uh, you got to come up with something. Like, just say, like, some crazy hitchhiker got to her or something, you know? Or, but, the, but even then, that would raise some questions and a search for the body because, um, yeah, they'll want
1: to see it. Well, or at some point, our parents are going to sell this property or move into this property, and there's just the shallow grave where their daughter is buried. Like, and somebody would we dig need it. a better plan than this.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know, just like, I don't think they thought this through one bit.
1: I mean, I go. I mean, what are, I guess, what are your other, I guess sort of protecting the group, because what's your other option? You call the police. When the police get there, they're going to want to know, hey, who poked out this girl's eyes? And they're not going to have a good answer for that, No. without handing Grace over to the police when she didn't really even do it. Plus, and you don't, they don't know this, but Pop-Pop's in the freezer. (laughs) Like, you have two bodies to explain. So I guess looking at it in that way as as far as protecting grace and the rest of the group i kind of get it but i there's just there's no way you're going to be able to just go on with your life and no one's going to ask you where your sister went
0: yeah Yeah. there's 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 no way out of this i think i think either way based on all this they're totally fucked just you know not by demons by just you know the um just by the sheer fact that people will ask and they're going to think the opposites.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope, I hope it works out for them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too. because the only person who died is the person who caused this in the first place. So they kind of had it coming. Hmm. So, you know, I, I'm,
0: uh,
1: uh, I'm kind of on their side. I just have questions. This is,
0: Kind of gray, isn't it? You know, kind of gray morality here.
1: Well, that's the question. But I mean, I don't know. the more I think about it, the more I get it, because what are you going to, what do you, your options are call the police, which is going to screw over Grace or some somebody's going to have to take the fall for this. Yeah. Which is not fair.
0: Unless you want to dump Freddie on this
1: no innocent person was killed other than pop pop which as far as you know is wasn't murdered you don't even know that
0: yeah
1: you know but there's still the parents who would ask so they're kind of screwed out of the way yeah but you can't tell them oh your daughter died because she was she helped summon a devil and was willing to sacrifice all of us you know because you didn't know this, but she's a lesbian. Like, that's a lot to drop on your parents at once. Um, and you can't take the body with you and, like, what, drop it off with the police? Like, well, we found this. <laughs> like, they kind. I guess they kind of did the only thing they could do. I would maybe have burned the body rather than bury it just to really get rid of the evidence. But other than that, I don't know what other choice they had, now that I think of it.
0: Uh... uh, uh I know, I guess we're thinking about this too much. Because there's too many logistics about this.
1: Yeah, but well, I mean, we're in the... It's the end of the movie, so we gotta, you know... They gotta uh-huh. get it moving, They'll Don't ask too many questions, I think, is the... But, um... So, great Using the grimoire, Grace takes down the force field so that they can leave. The cars still don't work, I guess, because they're just hoofing it. Oh, yeah,
0: well, remember, Aaron cutouts, uh, like, uh, use pliers, like those big pliers to cut the uh, cut the cables and
1: such. Well, they did show that? Yeah, they did. See, I must have looked away taking notes or something and missed that. You're catching everything, dude. Okay, so that's why the cars didn't work. I was wondering. That's why. Okay. I, yeah, I missed that, too. I must have looked away for a second. Um... Yeah. So Grace takes down the force field. It looks like she might keep this grimoire for a second, but she just throws it on the ground. What are you doing? Burn that fucking book. Unless it's resistant to fire. Or bury it with Aaron. Don't just leave a <laughs> the Beelzebub oh. summoning grimoire laying on the ground. Although, although if you if they were to bury
0: it with Aaron, who knows what that book will do to her body? Like. Uh... Some residue from that thing could you know infect her,
1: yeah, maybe we also don't know what it was doing in the basement of this house to start with,
0: previous summer, maybe, or the grandfather Aaron was set there.
1: that up too. Aaron must have set the whole thing up. Aaron must have got that book from somewhere because she sacrificed pop-hop, so she must have brought that book there. I don't know where she got it from, but or i I still think maybe. But I don't think it was down there when Pop-Pop lived there. I don't think he would stand for that. Something was obviously down there because something affected her when she was a child, but...
0: Could have given the book to her as a kid, maybe?
1: I don't know. There are yeah. questions, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she just throws this grimoire on the ground where just any Tom, Dicker Harry could come and find it. Um... And they're walking, and we get a little bit of a tease that maybe Grace is still possessed.
0: Like, there's whispering. Like, there's, like, those little whispers, you know, temptation.
1: Well, after she drops the book and goes through where the force field was and isn't any longer, she kind of holds her stomach. And Brandon's like, hey, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And they go to walk away, and everyone... Grace is the last one, so she's the last one we see on camera, and she gives yeah, you hear that whispering, and she gives kind of a little subtle grin. So something's going on with Grace.
0: Kind of seems uh, like, uh, kind of seems like sequel beta bits.
1: Yeah, a bit. Which I mean, I don't know. There is no sequel, and I don't know what you would do <laughs> for one. But yeah, that's the end of the movie it has its issues, it has its problems, it's not, for the most part, it's not the most original thing you're going to see. But, for the budget, for the level of movie this is, I was pleasantly surprised, and especially with all of the, the way that it handled the friends and the deafness and the sign language and all of that, I gotta kind of give it a, a thumbs up and I recommend. I think it's worth watching for the good things about it.
0: I think with me, I think with me as I record this, that I'm, I do have some second thoughts, you know, kind of reevaluating it along the way. So, it has issues, yes, but the the stuff that does work, it does. Like Tara, like, you know, I'm not exactly an expert in the, um, uh, hearing disabled or, um, ASL. But I feel Tara was handled very respectfully, and to its credit, there are some original ideas with this. Even if, even despite uh, taking a lot from Evil Dead and Night of the Demons, so um, I guess I'll give it a marginal thumbs up. I guess it can I can call it okay. Basically,
1: that's good enough for me. Um, it is. Like, if you, like, if, like, um,
0: I'd say watch this if you're, like, if you really, like, say you're, it's a rainy day and you kind of feel like you don't feel like watching anything, but you kind of want to pop in something, you know, this is, you can do far worse. You know, it's watchable and it's very competently made, you know.
1: Absolutely. And it has, and it has, other than a couple here and there some pretty surprisingly solid performances for a movie like this and it's and it's a it's a it's a swift what hour and 27 minutes like it's not going to take much out of your day
0: it's 90, it's like one an hour and 34 minutes is it yeah so just
1: yeah it's just some credits the stuff about an hour and a half you know they didn't drag it out it gets right to it it moves in a pretty good clip and, you know i feel like especially given all the other <laughs> things I could have randomly gotten, I think I feel, like yeah. I, I feel like I hit. Maybe not gold, but a good chunk. But of it's copper. serviceable. I don't know.
0: It's serviceable. It's functional, you know. And like I said, it's better than demonic. And I've seen demonic. You know, it's you know, it's um, that one is very lazy, derivative, and incompetence. This one, at least tried, despite what, what I said about it, you know, cribbing some other films.
1: Yeah, it does get derivative, but I feel it is it is competent, and I feel like it makes up for how derivative it can be with some things that I've never, some seen, never seen in a movie like this before, so I feel like, it's for me, nice. it bounces out.
0: So, you know, yeah. I'm giving it credit where credit is due for the stuff that does work. Again, Tara, she's, you know, respectful, very cool, you know, very tastefully handled, you know.
1: Yeah. Sounds good to me. It is the time in the program where I push the magic button to discover what movies, what movie um, picked completely at random from everything streaming will be my movie for next week.
0: Real of reality, turn, turn, turn. Show us the lesson you should learn.
1: And pushing the button, it is... Oh, it's a horror movie again. Oh, yeah? Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. From 1972. Uh-huh, the Bob On- Clark. Directed by directed Bob by Bob Clark. Yeah, yeah. yeah a I know. Christmas story and pork—that's fucking crazy. I've never heard well, of this. No, he direct- well, I've heard. I've heard uh, the name. I've heard the name of this movie, but I've never seen it. Well,
0: well he also directed Black Christmas. In fairness, he did do—that's true—a uh, couple of horror films. You know, back then.
1: But this must be like his first movie or something really early before that stuff.
0: I recall. Yes, I, I recall reading about this.
1: Well, I'm kind of looking forward to this now. It is on Prime and Tubi. Children shouldn't play with dead things from 1972. That's your movie for next week. That's your homework. Should you choose to accept it, sir? Thank you for being here again.
0: You're always it's a treat. A v here. It's to be here.
1: I, it's nice to know that there's uh, there's always a pocket of movies that I can turn to you for because <laughs> they're <laughs> very much in your wheelhouse. And this, yeah. Steel was one. The last movie we did was one. So it's it's uh it's always good to have you on. We'll do it again sometime. Where can yeah. people find you? Twitter, you can, for instance.
0: You can find me on Twitter. I'm uh yes my my handle is M V B R A T ten. and I'm SJW James Bond.
1: Brad Ten on Twitter.
0: M-V-B-R-A-T, yes. Yeah. Brat, right? Yes.
1: Is that an acronym for something else or just the word?
0: It's Movie Brats, basically. I got the name from Oh, uh,
1: M-V-Brat, <laughs> got it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's where you can find him. I am at Pete Lambert78 on Twitter. The show is at That's a Random P2. <laughs> Comments, questions, concerns, whatever, throw them in an email, uh, that's a random pot at gmail.com. I always like to read those. Um, I'm trying to get more in the habit of pimping myself a little bit. I keep being told that I should, I feel weird about it, but I'm going to try. So if you like the show, um, Write a nice review; wouldn't hurt. Rate it, as they say. Rate one. Rate review. Subscribe. That's what they always say. Um, I doesn't. I'll not take a four star review. I'm not even going to beg you for a five star review. It's not a perfect <laughs> show. It's a four star show. It's fine. But. um yeah, I, guess, I guess they say that will bring more attention in my way, and I don't. It's not that I need attention, but I would. I, you know. I wouldn't mind growing the listenership of the show. It has been. Slowly but surely, and uh, I'd like to keep on that trajectory, so do that if you want. Otherwise, just keep enjoying the show. Hopefully, um, that will do it for this week. Goodbye from me,
0: and goodbye from me. Uh,
1: Goodbye from him. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week.
0: See (laughs) you.